us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can gather like this. We thank you for the beginning of another year and the confidence we can have that you will be faithful, that you will guide us, you will keep us, and we can rely upon you and you have revealed yourself to us through your word. We pray that you bless Brother Lauren this morning as he delivers this message, bring it prepared. May you enable him, may you guide him, especially pray that his voice would be able to clearly speak the words that you have given to him. And that we could have ears and hearts to listen and take in what you have for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Greetings in Jesus' name this morning. And it's truly a blessing to be gathered here um, to worship the Lord together this morning. As you, I'm sure most of you are aware that this is January 1st, 2023, so it's New Year's Day, and that brings um, a lot of thoughts and emotions to each one, um, I'm sure. Before I get into the message, I just really want to say thank you to those of you who have shared with our family over the, over the past year, but especially in the last few weeks and months. It really does mean a lot to our family, and we really want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We really appreciate what you've done to for us and the gifts you have given and shared with us. It truly means a lot to us, so thank you. But as we think about New Year's Day today, the dawn of a new year, you know, we get that feeling of a fresh slate, a, a new start, you know, a clean, clean slate that we can start out this new year with. Maybe we have some visions or goals of what we want to accomplish in 2023. And as I was thinking about New Year's Day, and I was also thinking about Christmas being um, last Sunday. The, I was thinking about new beginnings. You know, Jesus came to this earth. He brought in a new beginning in our spiritual lives. We are studying that in the book of Hebrews as we go through Sunday school, how we have a new high priest, an eternal high priest. And so my thoughts were thinking about new life, new beginnings. And so I was thinking about in our spiritual lives, a new beginning. So I was, I was thinking and meditating on that. Um, I came across Romans 6, and a couple weeks ago when Lester said Romans was going to be where his text was from, I was holding my breath for a few minutes until he said that he was going to be preaching from Romans 9. So that was, that was a relief. Um, so I'll be looking at Romans 6 today. And it was, I find this passage of scripture exciting as God reveals his will for our lives in how we as broken men and women can be transformed as we receive the gift of God's righteousness. We can start out with a new slate. And I really appreciated Lester's message on the gift of God's righteousness. That was, I really appreciated um, that text and the, the words he shared with us that day. And so today, um, you know, that was, that's what Lester shared is maybe a prerequisite to what I'll be sharing today. Um, that's where we start. But this is maybe a little bit of a continuation of, of that thought. Today, um, I'll be asking a few of my brothers in the congregation here to help me out. Um, I'm trying to save my voice so I don't end up doing what I did last time with a coughing spell. So... I've asked Conrad to read the text, Romans 6, 
And so at this time, I'm going to ask Conrad to come up here, and then he will read the chapter uh, of Romans 6 for us. All right, let's read Romans 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that G in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a, in a death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make, you, to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but grace. What then? Are we to... Are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of the teaching to which you were committed and having been set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness i am speaking in human terms because you because of your natural limitations for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness leading to more lawlessness so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification for when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things which you, were, which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you for that, Conrad. 
So I want to just draw a few thoughts from this chapter, and I'll be looking at four points that are a progression in, in this text here. And the first one I want to look at is we find in verses 3 and 6. It says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Verse 6 also says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should no, not serve sin. So we see as we look forward to experience this new life, there is something that needs to take place place first and that thing that first needs to take place in our lives is that the old man must die before this new man can become alive in us we must die to the old man we must all come to the foot of the cross and we must experience death um, as Jesus did and briefly here I have a few more scriptures that I just quickly want to read through that um, show how we must die to self and the first one is um, from Ezekiel eleven nineteen, And here we see the Old Testament also prophesying of this. It says, And I will give them one heart, and I will put in a new spirit within you, and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. Here the Old Testament is prophesying of this future when we will receive a new spiritual heart. And then in Jesus' own words, Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Mark eight thirty four. And he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That's two different gospel accounts where Jesus tells us this fact. And then in the apostles confirm it, in Ephesians 4:21 to 23 if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lust and be renewed in your mind so here we get, we have the apostle Paul confirming what we see in the old testament we see Jesus telling us and then confirmed in the epistles that this old man that is within us must die so that the new can become a part of us. In verse 7 here in Romans 6, it tells us why we must be die to self. And it says, verse 7 says, For he that is dead is freed from sin. So once we are dead to this old man of sin and self, then we can be freed from that bondage of sin. We can become free from the things that have held us in bondage. So that's the first step that we need to take is we need to crucify the old man that is within us. The second point I want to look at is that we are buried with Christ. And that is in verses 4 and 5. It says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that as like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also shall walk in newness of life. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, that we should also in the likeness of his resurrection. So, as we look at verse 4 there, that was a new th thought as I was thinking about that. Usually as we think about baptism, we think of new life. But here it says we are baptized into the death of Jesus. We are dying together with him. And the two words that I like in those two verses that I want to think about for 
a few minutes is buried in verse 4, and then in verse 5, we have the word planted. I want to think about a little analogy, and I don't know if I can get this, probably won't stay up here. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know where to put this, but who of the children can tell me what this is? Anyone? What's this? Anyone see what it is? Maybe you can't see it. Is that better? Acorn, thank you. I'm going to set this right here. That acorn is a very small nut, and it looks very insignificant. But if you ever saw a big oak tree, and I don't know how many of you have an oak tree that you see a lot. On the way to the farm every day, I pass this. It's a huge oak tree. It's been there. It hasn't. It, as long as 20 years that I've lived in the area, it's been there, and it's probably been there for hundreds of years before that. But that humongous oak tree came from something like this. So what I want you to think about this morning, as we think about being buried with Christ and planted together with him, is that that, is, that potential is, is in that little nut. But first, it needs to be planted. It needs to be buried in the ground you know, as, as we think about that, we can um, think about that in our, in our own lives. There is a lot of potential there in our own lives, but there are some steps that we need to take, take first. You know, as this nut is put in the ground, it loses its shape. It loses its identity as it... Um, I guess, rots in the ground. But then as that nut dies, it, it loses its shape, it loses its form, it can take on a new life. You know, as it feeds on the nutrients in that soil and soaks in the sunshine as it comes back again, soaks in the rain and the sunshine, it can grow into something, in the potential that is contained in this little nut. You know, as, as we think about an oak tree, they are a massive, they're um, a symbol of strength that is, comes forth from that little nut. And so I think there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from that little acorn. We can choose to stay comfortable in our current form. Like that little acorn um, obviously doesn't have a mind, it doesn't have a voice of its own, but it might want to stay like that. It doesn't want to lose its identity. It doesn't want to rot in the ground. But as long as it stays like that, there's very little benefit from that acorn. A deer or a squirrel might come along and eat it, and it might be um, lunch or supper for it, and then that's the end of it. But as that acorn dissolves into the ground, it can start uh, taking on a new form and a new life. And then it becomes something far greater. It provides shelter for the wildlife that are surrounded. It provides, you know, if it stands long enough, it can provide lumber for something far greater than a little acorn that can last for many, many years. The life of that little acorn can go on for hundreds of years if um, it is properly cared for in the form of a tree or, or in the form of furniture. So that's a thing I would like for us to think about as we surrender our lives to Christ, as we are willing to lose our identity and take up the identity of Christ. You know, there is so much 
potential in our lives as we allow Christ to begin to work within us as we are buried together with Christ and he begins that transformation within our lives. We can become something much bigger and better than that we can comprehend. In Matthew 16, 24 to 25, Jesus tells his disciples, whoever will lose his life Sorry, I'll just do 25. For whoever will save his life will lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. Also in Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than, than all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. So as we think about our spiritual lives, as we try to hang on to our old man, our old identity, we in the end will lose our life according to Jesus' word. But if we lose our life in Jesus, that's when we gain true eternal life. And in Ephesians, as, he t- as Paul talks about, God can do far more abundantly and exceeding above all that we can ask or think as we surrender to him. The other analogy I want to think about a little bit is as we think about potential, this is a... Uh, of corn and it's not the most ideal one it was one dad found laying in the field but um, this cob of corn if you take it was grown from one kernel of corn there again we're thinking about the analogy of being planted and one day when I was at a farm meeting they were talking about the potential in one kernel of corn uh, the potential is there for that plant to grow to 50 feet tall and we as farmers if we get a plant that's 12 to 15 feet tall, we're pretty excited. But there's the potential there for that plant, for that kernel to grow into something that big. And I just want to think about that a little bit is, you know, that obviously is in the perfect environment for that kernel. And so I just want to think about a little bit of the environment and the nutrients like that that plant is in affects how big it grows. And so I want us to think about that a little bit in our spiritual life. The nutrients that we take in, the environment that we're in, will affect our spiritual life. So it's just something for us to think about as we uh, think about that. What hindrances do we allow into our life? Sometimes we can, you know, we we can say, well, like, why can't I do this or this or that or the other thing? And it might not necessarily be wrong, but is that something that is encouraging our life in Jesus Christ. The third point I want to look at is it talks about rising with Christ here. It talks about, you know, as we're buried and as we're planted with Christ, so likewise we can rise up with him in new life. So we have, you know, we've crucified our old man. We've been buried with him. We've lost our identity. And now we can rise up with this new life in Christ. And as I was thinking about that, thinking about coming back in our spiritual life, being born again, my mind was drawn to the story of Nicodemus in John in John 3, John chapter 3. So I just want to read that account, and this time I've asked Alvin to read that for us. So he's going to be reading John chapter 3, Verses 1 through 21. You can come up, Alvin.
John chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou dost, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not. How shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended un up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through the world, that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they were wrought in God. Thank you for that, Alvin. <clears throat> so here, Jesus is explaining this idea of the new birth to um, Nic the Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees. <clears throat> Nicodemus was one of the Jewish leaders, and he comes to Jesus and says, you know, we believe, we know that you are come from God. You're a teacher from God. And so he was asking Jesus questions about, you know, his ministry and things. And then Jesus makes a statement that confuses him. Jesus says that in order for someone to be part, become a part of God's kingdom, he was, we need to be born again. You know, Jesus was telling Nicodemus that if we want to be a part of God's family, there must be a transformation in our, in our life. Our old heart and our old ways of living is a part of the earthly kingdom and driven by earthly thoughts and intense that can't mesh with our new life in Christ. So it needs to change. We must experience a new birth. We need to be born into a spiritual man, one who lives according to the ways and principles that has Jesus has taught. And if we claim salvation and faith, but there's no transformation, there's no change, we deny the power of the new birth. So let's bury our old man and be crucified with Christ. Let's bury our old ways of living 
so that as Jesus came back to life and lived eternally, so we also can experience that eternal life. You know, there, Jesus has given us that gift through righteousness in Jesus, through the power of faith in him, we can have that resurrection power and everlasting life. The last point I want to look at is um, a bond servant, and we see that in verses 18 through 22. Being then made free from sin, you become servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmities of your flesh, whereas ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, and unto iniquity. Even so now yield your members servants to righteousness and unto holiness. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of these things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruits unto holiness and the, everla and the end everlasting life. <clears throat> so here we see the result of our transformation, our new life, what that will look like. As we begin our new life in Christ, we become his servants. We become servants of righteous living. And verses 18 to 22 describe that for us. In verse 18, we see the result is freedom in Christ. Since we have been freed from the bondage and guilt of sin, we are now set free to live and practice righteousness. And Paul calls that being a servant of righteousness. Th that thought is also echoed in Galatians 5.13. Galatians 5.13 says, For ye were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Galatians reminds us that our freedom is freedom to serve others. You know, if we use our freedom in Christ to serve ourselves, we are going back to our old ways, our old man who is focused on self. You know, Paul talks about um, in, in scripture about things that were lawful for him, but he didn't do them because he was serving his fellow brothers. He didn't want to place a stumbling block in the way of his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So as we are freed from sin, as we are free in Christ, let's use that freedom to be a blessing to our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, in our, um, in our culture we live in here in the United States, we you know, hear a lot about freedom, but it's the freedom to do what I want to do and the freedom for my own rights. And while that has afforded us a lot of blessings, it also can make us very self-centered and self-focused. You know, as we surrender our hearts to the Lord, that focus becomes on Christ and others. So we need to keep that on focus as we are bond servants to Jesus Christ. I like the um, literal, I have a um, literal Bible reading. It, it translates it literally, and I like that how it reads in verse 19. I'm going to read that for you. It says, I am speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. That's, that um, word slave sounds a little harsh to us. Um, but as we yield ourselves to righteousness, we grow in righteousness and it says resulting in sanctification we are sanctified through righteous living you know as we live as servants as God's servants our life will bear the fruits of holiness we are no longer part of the sin that once claimed our lives <clears throat> and caused us to produce 
things that were not righteous. And an interesting um, verse that I came across was verse 20. It says, for when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. You know, there is freedom as we live in sin. We always, we usually think of sin as bondage, but there is freedom. There is freedom from righteousness, but the results of that are not pleasant. So as we um, are committed to serving Christ, we are servants of righteousness, but that produces something that is far greater than being servants of unrighteousness. So I would just bless again with this chapter and the thoughts contained in it, and it would challenge me that, you know, God can do a great work in, within our hearts as we allow him to move and work through the Holy Spirit as we surrender to his will. And as, as we close here today, I just want to think again about the new year and maybe what lays ahead. You know, today is the first day of 2023. The last, yesterday was the last of 2022. Well, nothing changes a lot, you know, from yesterday to today. That does cause us to stop and think, um, contemplate on the last year and also look forward to the new, new year. You know, there's years where New Year's Day jumps out at us more than others, and probably the most uh, memorable one for me was uh, the year 2000, and I don't, a lot of you in here might not even remember that. There was a lot of talk of doomsday theories and, and conspiracies going on, and I can still re vividly remember being at my grandparents' house. We went outside, um, and, you know, Life went on as it had before. The stars were still shining, and it was just a bright, you know, clear winter winter night. And it just that's just a memory that that stayed with me ever since then. And um, I'm sure as we close out 2022 and and go into 23, that for some of you uh, or for all of you, there'd probably be various emotions and memories that, um, as you think about the past and think about the future. Um, that come to mind, you know, some of you have enjoyed um, new accomplishments, um, you know, you've accomplished your goals, you've had, had a good year, and for others of you, you've faced difficult times, you've faced disappointments, sorrows, the loss of loved ones, um, and, you know, as we step into the new year, you know, we face the reality that life will continue, and, and will continue to bring that, you know, for some of us ahead, um, this will be, you know, a, a year of, of joys probably, you know, if you think about someone like Darrell and Vanessa, I'm sure they're excited about 2023. Um, for others, maybe 2023 looks very daunting um, as we look forward to that, to the next year. But my prayer for each one of us is that as we face these things, that we'd lean on God as our guide and protector to sustain us when the heart road is hard and difficult and also to keep us, keep us focused on him in times of joy and happiness. And that if the Lord wills, as we come to the end of 23, that in the year, year 2023, we would have honored him and brought glory to his kingdom. So at this time, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer and... Chad, 
after we, uh, where's Chad? Chad? There he is, okay. Um, I just wanted to make sure you hadn't left or something. <laughs> um, uh, could you lead us in 779 in Zion's praises um, after prayer then? And then you can be dismissed after our time of prayer. So let's bow our heads for a word of prayer at this time. <coughs> Dear gracious Father in heaven, we thank you again this morning for the opportunity to gather together here at Crystal Valley as your children, as brothers and sisters in Christ to worship you. We thank you for the many blessings you have so abundantly showered upon us as we went through the year 2022 and as we now look into the new year into 2023 i just pray that you would be with us here at our church may your holy spirit guide us lead us and give us wisdom as we face things in our current day may you help us to live in ways that would bring honor and glory to you, your kingdom, and that we would draw closer to each other as well. I just pray that you would be with each one as they face various situations in their lives and the joys and the sorrows, disappointments and accomplishments. I just pray in all of this that we would do it to your honor and your glory. And I just pray this all in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.